Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. So glad you guys are here. Glad you decided to be with us. It's, um, you know, it's exciting to see that the church body is coming back together again, right? It's, it's so many of your faces we haven't seen for a while. I'm, I'm so glad to see you. It's so good that you're here. Um, it's exciting times that we are living in. We're, we're looking forward to a fantastic year. Um, where we're going to see God move in our lives. And I hope that you're looking forward to that also. We're busy with a series called I'm Accountable. Um, and, and that's really what, what this, this is about. Um, the series is about, I don't want this coming year to be like last year. It doesn't matter how good last year was. I know that there are areas in my life which I know God wants to do miracles in. And He wants to work in. And, and I know that there are areas in my life which has to change. There are certain things that I'm doing. I've been going round and round in circles for, for I don't know how long. And, and for some other reason, I'm not getting victory over those areas. And I want those areas to change. I, I want change in my life. So I'm accountable is really the reality of all of it. It's nobody else's fault. Nobody else is to blame the direction that you're going in. The life choices that you've made and, and really where you are in life right now, it's because of the decisions that you've made in your life up to this point. And, and we've looked at specifically the focus week one was, listen, you've got to guard yourself. That's your first priority. You've got to watch yourself. You've got to watch what direction you are going in, who you're listening to, what systems you've placed in your life to help you to be accountable. And week two, we looked at the fact that you have to plan. Um, we, we serve a God who plans. We, we have a God that wants us to plan. If things aren't going well in a certain area, what plans are you making to change that area? Have you said anything in, in place or in motion that you're planning, this is how I'm going to change the situation? And then once we've planned, we go, God, um, I'm not closed hand about this plan. This is your plan. I'm your child. You are welcome to tweak and change any part of this plan, and I'll keep following your direction. But God wants us to plan. The third part that we looked at is miracles. God wants to do a miracle in your life. And miracles, it's not just he wants to grow a limb or um, cause blind eyes to see or deaf ears to hear. Miracles is, is bringing healing in relationships, restoring marriages, restoring financial loss that you've experienced, bringing just, I want to say, even into old bones um, that are here, bringing life back into old bones, restoring just that passion that you have, those are miracles that we need. And for miracles to happen, you are accountable for it. There are certain things which you have to do. And the main thing is we have to apply God's revealed will in order to see God's secret will. And it's in God's secret will where we discover the miracles that God wants to do in our lives. But if we don't apply God's revealed will for our lives, we will never discover His secret will. And His revealed will is what we find in the Bible, it's what we find in relationships, what we find in fellowship from being around other people who serve God. And then last week we looked at, at probably one of my favorite messages, um, um, not necessarily to preach, but, but even to, to listen to listen to it myself, is about my excuses. We are accountable for the excuses we are making, for why we are where we are. 
You are accountable for, I, I know there are some legitimate reasons, and we spoke about that last week. Please go and listen to it. But the majority of us, when I ask you why you don't have victory in a certain area, most of us will come forward with a because and with an excuse. And what we discovered last week was the biggest excuse or the biggest reason is, is not the excuse that you are making why you are stuck where you are. The biggest reason why you are stuck where you are for most of us, it's because of fear. Fear is keeping most of us from trusting God. Like, come on, let's be honest. Why don't you do things His way? Because you're scared it won't work. Like you, you're scared that God's way is not going to work for your life. So there's fear in us. So today, we are going to look at, I'm accountable to face my fears. Nobody else can face your fears for you, only you can. So it's important to remember, um, and I want to say this, this is like a foundational part of all these messages. It's important for all of us, every single one of you here, to know that God has a revealed will. He's revealed will. If you have a Bible, you can pick it up. You've got it in your hands. That's God's revealed will that He's given us. His plans. Everything we read in the Bible, that's God's revealed will. But God has a secret will. And I want to say this again. God's secret will is phenomenal. Um, we, we'll get into it. I almost got into it now. But, uh, but you will discover it. When you apply His revealed will, you will discover His, His, His secret will. And the only thing for many of us, we will not apply His revealed will as long as we hang on to the excuses we are making, which means we will never enter into His secret will. And I, and I, I don't want to sound like, a, they say a broken record, right, goes repeating the thing over and over again. But, but this, is, this, is like, this is like it. Unless you apply His revealed will, you won't experience His secret will. And His secret will, um, let's establish God's will quickly. God's will is good. I just want you to know this. If you don't know anything about God, many people come out of religion or they've read about religion, they've seen religion. But, but here's, here's the, where the, the, something hits the, the rubber, um, the tires, tars, there's tar and rubber. This is where this happens, it's right here. God's will for you is nothing but good. His revealed will, when we read it in the, in the Bible, there's nothing but good in His revealed will. He gives you His revealed will not to restrict you or to chain you down or to tie you down or to hold anything back from you. His will is there so that you can experience life. And we have to get, it's not a punishment to follow God's revealed will. Okay, so, so we're going to look today at how do we move beyond our excuses of fear into Everything that God has for us. Now, a master key. We, we know what a master key is. A master key um, that we need, especially in a time like we have that we're going through right now, which I, I, I feel that we're having victory over it. I'm, I'm thankful for that. A master key that can give you hope, because I know there are some of you that are hopeless. The master key to give you hope about a reversal of your fears you want to reverse your situation. Like there was a time when things were really good and you, you have to bring a reversal. Like something has to change. Um, you want to change the current results that are there. What is the master key? If, if you have these things that have to, what's the master key to achieve that? 
How many of you would like to have a master key to bring, like just change, right? Yeah. Now, if I'm asking you, uh, what is the key to getting fit to the place where you can run a marathon? We would say the key to getting fit is exercise. Very good. Okay. Well, it's, it's simple. It's easy. What is the key to eating less? Eating less. Very good. What is the key to drinking less? Drinking less. Right? <laughs> there are keys. Right? It's very simple. What is the key to no longer making excuses and living in fear? What is the, what is the key? Here it is. Are you ready for it? Here's the master key. Are you, I know some of you are not going to like it. The master key for the reversal for bringing change to anything outside of God's will, anything outside of God's revealed will, and any consequence that you are currently suffering in your life. The master key for that. You ready for it? Repentance. Ooh. That's like, for many people, that's like a swear word. I'm going to say it again. I want you to say it also. Repentance. Repentance, repentance. See, repentance is necessary because of the existence of sin. Now, sin, I'm going to define it for you. Now, again, if, if you're visiting church and, you know, if it's your first time here, uh, welcome. Um, the, the goal of all of this is to, to set you free. And I know that sin and repentance and all those things have been words that have been misused to control people. That's not the intention of, of this message. The, the intention of explaining this is specifically so that you can be free to live the life that God's called you to live. So, so let's define sin. Sin may be defined as the following. Any violation of God's divine standard any violation of his divine standard. The biblical word for that is sin. <laughs> I know it's another word we don't like. Sin. Sin. It's not mistake. The biblical word is not my bad. The biblical word is not oops. Or it's just a bad habit. The biblical word is sin. The biblical word for violating, for the violation of a divine standard is the word sin. Uh, violating God's standard, His revealed will in your life, sin. So I want all of you to say the word sin. Well, you're going to say two words. He said repentance already. Now everybody say sin. Sin. This is important to say this word. It's important. I want you to say it again. Say the word sin. I know, we don't like to say it. Uh, we live in a culture, even in the church, where sin is a word we don't want to say because we're scared we're going to offend anybody, somebody, someone, somewhere. But th it's, this is important for us to recognize because the only word God recognizes when it comes to the need for repentance and what does repentance do? Repentance is the master key for hope, for the reversal of circumstances. The only word that God recognizes that is connected to that word is the word sin. 
So the master key for the reversal in your life, repentance. The word repentance has a connected word to it. The word connected to repentance is the word sin. So whenever we violate, transgress against the standards of God, against His revealed will, whenever we know what God's revealed will is regarding certain situations and circumstances, and those situations and circumstances not just addressed towards Him, God's definition of sin, the things, if you look at, even at just at the, tw- the 12 commandments, the, the 10 commandments, and there were two extras, Moses didn't bring them down. There was no room on the tablets. Um, when we look at the Ten Commandments, the reasons for the Ten Commandments are basically towards loving people. So when we transgress against God, it is really about us hurting people. So the reference, the word that he uses is the word sin. So the reason why sin is an issue to God and I'm hoping that this is going to help you. I'm going to call Haley and Bishop um, soon in like a few minutes if, if you guys get ready. Um, the, the reason why sin is an issue to God is because sin is against the nature of God. The Bible describes God as perfect. Um, it describes God as righteous. Perfect in His ways. There's no wrong in Him. There's no bad in Him. And in the same way that we as people don't like trash and garbage. Like we don't like trash and garbage. In the same way, God doesn't like sin. So God cannot have any relationship with sin. I, I want you to be, be don't, don't fool yourself. There is no relationship with sin and maintain a holy integrity himself. So God cannot have any relationship with sin. What many people want is they want God to, to change their consequence. Like we've got consequences in our life. We're like, God, change our consequences, change our consequences, but don't touch my sin. Don't touch my mistakes. Leave my sin alone. But get rid of all the problems that are there because of my sin. Remove the consequences. Make me feel better. Make me look better. Let me, make me sound better. God, help me with all of that, but don't touch my sin. Just, just change the, the consequences of it. God, I don't want to make any excuses in my life anymore. I don't want to live with fear, but I don't want to do anything about it also. I just want you to change it. And that's where many people live. There can be no dealing with the consequences in your life or in my life, unless we deal with the cause of it. And the cause of the consequences that you have, that you might be going through, I want to say this again, broken relationships, broken health, broken um, just integrity, character, purpose, where you're going, um, financially broken. The cause of all of that is when we violate God's divine standards and His revealed will. So sin in the Bible, let's define it, violating God's revealed righteous standard. That is sin. Now, sin is usually associated with death. Okay, I want you to track with me. Okay, where did we start? Master key is to reversing the situation in your life is the word? Repentance. Very good. The word repentance is needed because of the word? 
sin. Sin is us breaking, doing things not God's revealed way. Okay, now, sin causes what? Death. Very good. Okay, everybody's still tracking. Okay, good. So, so the consequence of sin, what sin in the Bible is associated with is death. We see it over and over again. In Ezekiel 18, he says the following, why will you die? Repent so that you won't die. In Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. In James 1, 15, when sin is completed, it brings forth death. Hosea 14, 1, your downfall is because of your sin. So death is associated with sin. In the Bible, death means separation. Bish and Haley, would you guys join me quickly, please? We're doing a class on how to produce children. Um, I told them before the time, and they're just going to quickly be an example for us. Uh, come, Bish and Haley. Okay. Now, death means separation. I want you guys to come stand over here, um, face each other. Okay, now I want you to <laughs> embrace, but hug. So hold each other. But really, no, not just, yes, there you go. Okay, now, now I want you to get this. It said, remember this, it said that Adam walked in the cool of the day with God. That word walk means to stroll hand in hand. Yeah, keep holding each other. I'll tell you when to lose. This is the image of Adam and Eve in relationship with God in the Garden of Eden. Before sin. This is, this is what relationship was like. God's embrace. No separation. Together, okay? Now, now stay, stay right there. Now, when we sin, what happens is death occurs because separation occurs. What's the separation? Fellowship with God is lost when sin is introduced. So now, let's say sin is introduced. Let's, go, let's just take a marriage. So, Bish, you go stand there on your spot there, and Haley, you stand over here. Now, let's say in a marriage... We're not even talking about relationship with God now. Just in a world, if you're not a believer, what would bring separation between you and a wife? Adultery, anger, abuse, um, misconduct, not loving each other, not working in the relationship. What happens is separation happens. Now, in the Bible, sin, the meaning of sin is it causes death. Death's meaning in the Bible, the meaning of death in the Bible is separation. What happens with separation because of sin is consequence steps into the middle. Now between Adam and God is consequence. <laughs> Very small God. And tiny. Really small letter G God over here. So, so what is the problem now? And now even just, you can just identify your own relationships. Where death has occurred, it's because something has stepped in between. Okay, you guys can go. I'll call you back later again. I, I want you to understand this image. I want you to understand what death means. Death means, when God said to Adam, the moment you eat from the tree, 
the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Adam didn't die in the spot. But Adam was separated from God. It said that he was put outside of the garden. Which means something is now between God and Adam. And the Bible calls that death. So we have spiritual death. There are many people that are believers. They were really passionate in their faith, going after God, doing everything for God. And what happens is something enters into me prioritizing. What's our first command? The first of the 10 commandments is what? Love the Lord the God with all your heart. So something enters in between me and my love relationship with God and there's a separation that happens. So, so what happens is we have a spiritual death that happens. We have emotional death that takes place in people's lives. And it says that fear took over and controlled. Now, those of you that were here last week, if you went to go and listen to it, remember there were three servants. Um, the master gave to each one of the three servants a certain amount of money. He told them, go and work with the money and bring back with interest or bring back the fruit that you've produced from your labor. Two of them came back. God said, fantastic, well done. Now listen, what did they do? God gave a revealed will to them, which was, here is the finances, go and work with it. It's a revealed will. What did they do? They applied the revealed will to their lives. What was God's response? The master's response, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in with me, not separate from me. Enter in with me. And once you enter in with me, what's going to happen? You're going to see my secret will. You will not see it if you don't apply my revealed will. Now we've got the third servant. He comes, he says, I was master. He comes, what's the first thing he goes? He gives excuses. It is excuses. I know you as a hard man. So he blames God for his situation and his circumstances. You're a hard man. And, and I, I didn't work with what you gave me. So here is everything you gave me exactly back. I never worked with it. And therefore the master responds. It goes to, um, in verse um, 26, his master said, replied to him, you are wicked and you are a lazy servant. He said, very unchristlike. Um, and then he goes on and says, well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest at least. And this is what fear will do because he gives his reason for why he didn't work with the money. His reason was, I was afraid. And what happens when we are afraid? Separation occurs. There's a gap that, that happens between me and God. Now, this gap causes me to not even see the obvious. Because he said to him, the obvious solution to your problem would have been just, just go and put it with the banker. You would have earned an interest. It's such an obvious way to make money. Just put it on interest. You didn't even see that because fear caused you to be separated from me, which caused you to be in darkness. You can't even see the easy solution to this problem. And then it says in verse 30, and throw this worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. The master did not say throw him into hell, but into the darkness where there's a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. And I know we, we only got to this at the end of the message last week when many of you were asleep already. But this is, this is not, this darkness that he's referring to it is that frustration where many of you are at. I've been going in circles and circles and I can't defeat this thing that I'm struggling with. 
We can't get past this mountain. We keep going around it and around it and around it. And I can't even see how I'm going to break this. And this is the darkness that he's talking about. The other ones are with God. Why? Because they applied his revealed will. I didn't apply your revealed will. Suddenly there's something between you and me. I call it fear. And it's causing me to remain in darkness. See, when we don't apply his revealed will, you will not experience his secret will for your life. You will not experience it. And when you don't experience that, there is a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. And I don't want to live a life of weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't. But you're the only one who's accountable for the decisions that you are making regarding his revealed will. No one else. And the truth is fear will do that to us. Fear will keep us there. It says fear took over and controlled them. Adam in the Garden of Eden, God came looking for Adam. Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? The same God that he was walking with hand in hand, embraced close together. He said, we were afraid, so we hid from you. Sin caused the separation in the relationship and fear stepped in and it kept them from being close to God. Now, let's look at the root of this. Why did this happen? Adam said, we were afraid, fear controlled us. Why? We know that the first time Adam feared was after sin happened. So the relationship with God was broken. It was a broken relationship. Now, because of that broken relationship with God, it, it, it causes us to experience death in many different areas. The areas that are not controlled by, by guilt, areas that are controlled for many of us, the, the consequence that's between us and God is not just fear. There's guilt. It's condemnation. There's a completely wrong identification of who you are. Your identity is lost because you're not connected to the one who made you. So there's emotional death. Emotional death is, is that thing of I'm struggling with, with joy. I'm struggling with peace. I'm struggling with anxiety. Emotional death. There's relational death. I'm not even talking to my children anymore, my parents, my friends, my neighbors. Financial death. We're struggling. We are living from dollar to dollar every single month. And I don't know why it's happening. And the reason why it's happening is because there's a discount. What's death? An illegal separation from God. That's death. An illegal separation from God. Something entered in that's causing you to be illegally separated from Him. And the thing that entered in is sin. Sin causes death. How do I defeat sin? Repentance. Everybody still tracking? Guys, okay, so we, we're almost there. So there are all these kinds of deaths that takes place in every single one of our lives. And they're all death in the Bible. It's not, it's not just the eternal death that we all know of. Eternal death is what? Eternal death is, is one day when you die. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, it means that you are eternally separated from God. And there's consequence for that. And all those are called death in the Bible. So you must now... Clear your mind, Where are you, wherever you are now, I want you to clear your mind of limiting the definition of death to simply being at a funeral. And understand in your life, death is an illegitimate separation that happened because of sin and because of fear. So then, 
We've looked at repentance quickly. We've looked at sin. We've looked at death. It's probably important to look at life. Okay, what is life? Life is the coming together of things that should not be separate. Life, or what the Bible calls eternal life, is not a place. That's heaven. It's an experience. It's experiencing it now. Eternal life. Eternal life. It's not one day when you die, you're going to live for Eternal life, based on the Bible, is experiencing life today. That is life in the Bible. Experiencing God's reality in harmony with you. I'm going to say that again. Life in the Bible is experiencing God's reality, not yours, God's reality in harmony with you, which means you are experiencing it also. That's life. Now, it's an experiencing it in various scenarios in your life. So if you're a dead man walking in some category in your life, we are all different. We are all different areas. I want you to hear me. Whatever that area is, there has been an illegitimate separation between you and God that needs to be harmonized again. Your sin and fears, they have to be dealt with. But how would you, how would you do that? How, how do we deal with it? And the word that God uses to bring the illegitimate to the legitimate is repent. That's why I started with that word. That's the word of turning death into life. It's the word that is associated with sin. Sin that causes death. I want life. There's one word that's associated to defeat death and sin. It's repentance. Sin is the word for taking life and turning it into death. So that's why repentance is the master key for turning whatever situation or scenario you are in today to turning it around. So, so what is repentance? Let's define it. Almost done. Rep I have to say that because otherwise you think it's still going to be long. Repentance is defined as an internal decision and determination to turn from your sin. Uh, Greek word for repentance. How many of you can remember what it is? Metanoia, very good. Greek word for repentance, the word metanoia, which means I am going to change the way I think. I have to change the way I think from it's my thoughts, my ways, my revealed will that I think it is to God. I'm accepting yours as the way of doing things. So sin creates a broken relationship where consequences uh, brought on by Satan or situations in your life or decisions, there, there's a tear. It's like if you've got a shirt, it's ripped open. It's, there's a tear that has happened. What God uses to sew that tear back together is repentance. It is something which you have to do. The dealing with our fears becomes possible then. The dealing with your excuses becomes possible. 
the dealing with your consequences of the situation that you are in, it becomes possible. It was not possible before there was repentance. Repentance puts you into the category where God can now intervene in your life to bring a change. But it won't happen until repentance happens. So it is the internal decision and determination to turn from your sin. Let me tell the ingredients quickly that we need for real repentance. Number one, and this is a big one. Everybody ready for it? Number one, to repent starts off with a recognition of sin. Not in someone else. We're all really good at that. In yourself. I want to make it real practical, just in your relationship with people around you again. You know when you've harmed your loved one. I don't have to come and tell you. You know when you, when you responded, reacted incorrectly. I had to apologize to Kaylee this morning because I reacted wrong. So, so you know when you've wronged someone in the same way you know what your sins are against God's revealed will. I don't have to tell you. You know what they are. It's the recognition which is important because, see, if you don't believe, sin, uh, repentance starts off with a recognition of sin. There is a recognition of sin because if you don't believe it's sin, then you don't need to repent. It's logical. So you have to recognize it is sin because there's a violation of God's divine standard. Now you can fool yourself, but you can't fool God. That's what makes something sin is we, we are not doing things based on God's revealed will. 1 John 1 says the following. This is, this is important. It says, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Greek word for confess, if we confess our sins, the Greek word is the following, to say the same thing as. Homologia. I'm going to say the same thing about that thing of what God is saying about it. I'm going to speak about it like he talks about it. The second thing is, so to repent means we have to confess. God, your ways are higher than my ways. I would not do things that way in this situation, but you instruct me that this is how the world works. You know biology. You know how all things have been put together. You know the human heart better than I do. You know my loved one's hearts better than I do. So I'm going to trust your ways. I'm going to do things your revealed way. So that's number one. Number first step towards repentance. God, you know better. The second step, there must be a remorse over what you now recognize. The thing you are saying and agreeing with, with God about it, there's that place of going, God, I'm sorry. Godly sorrow. It says in 2 Corinthians 7, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. What's the difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow? Godly sorrow is, God, I've hurt you. I'm sorry. 
Worldly sorrow is, I got caught. That's the difference between the two. It's not because someone is telling you, hitting you on your fingers, telling you you better repent from that action. Godly sorrow is when you come to the place where you recognize this is God's way of doing things. I've been do- I started off doing things God's way. Maybe you did it really well for a long time and then something happened. And it's caused a separation. And now because of the separation, there's consequence in between you and God. And you're trying to figure out how do I remove this? So you start doing things your way even harder and it's still not working. Godly sorrow is God. I want to do things your way. I repent from mine. Now, how do we know that things are real, that, that you, you really want to deal with it? It's going to be fruit. The other word that will demonstrate the reversal that you want in your life will be the fruit of your actions. That will show that you are doing things differently. Zechariah 1 verse 3 says the following, return to me. I know there are people here this morning that God is calling to return. He's saying, return to me. Malachi 3 7, return to me. Return to my ways. You've done it before. You know what my revealed will is. Return to me. I want to come back to you. I want to restore relationship. But you keep denying and you keep refusing to address the sin. Having the sin is one thing. Not addressing it is another. So, so what should we do? James 4. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We are like, you know, between me and God right now, there's this consequence and it's the devil attacking me. And this, what, what does sin do? What does death do? Death creates space where the enemy can operate in. Repentance removes the space. So there's no room for the enemy to operate in. So James 4 says, Submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. A lot of people say, oh, I can get rid of the devil in my life. I'm working really hard at it. He he starts off not by saying, get rid of the devil. He starts off by saying, submit. Submit means place yourself underneath his authority. Why? Because once you get God on your side, And not just on your side. Once you get back into the embrace, there's no room for the enemy. And that is exactly what those servants experienced. The one stayed in the dark, which means there was separation between him and God because he refused to apply God's revealed will. And the other ones entered in. Said, great was their joy. So repentance, why? Why? Finishing with this. Repentance has to do with forgiveness of sins. Yes. Why? What's the purpose for the forgiveness of sins? Restoration of relationships. God wants to be in relationship with you. That's why. If I steal a car and they take me before a judge, the purpose of the judge is not to forgive me. The purpose of the judge is to give a judgment, guilty or innocent. That's why the judge is there. 
So the Bible says we have all fallen short and we have all sinned. Every single, every single one of us, we have sinned. We have fallen short. We are still sinning. We're still making mistakes. But what, what has happened for us who've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, it says that be in front of the judgment seat of God, what will happen is Jesus will come and He is the payment for all our sins. The one who had no sin now becomes the payment for my sin because He went into the pits of hell and into death. He rose again and we know Jesus Christ is the payment for all your mistakes, past, present and future. So all your sins have been paid for. As a believer, if you don't accept Christ and you appear, so there's two words. There's the bema, which is the judgment seed of Christ, but it's the judgment seed of reward. So when we go because we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, it says that we will stand in front of God, the judge, and we stand in front of the seed of reward. But those who have not accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior will stand in front of the seed of judgment for their sins because they have not accepted the payment that has been made on their behalf. So we know that we've been paid for. So when we relate to God, He is first the judge. He judges our sins. And because of Jesus, we know that that judgment does not fall on us. So when it comes to our eternal destiny, guilt has been covered by the death of Jesus. But now, suppose you stand in front of the same judge because you stole a car. But now it's revealed you stole his car. Right? Now there's a twofold relationship. The judge, he must judge you right, but now he must also forgive you personally. When it comes to repentance, you are re-establishing a personal relationship because the judicial relationship has already been established. Do you understand the difference between the two? You've been judged for all your sins. It's on Jesus Christ. It's paid for. Therefore, your reward is heaven. Personal relationship, you are still going against my revealed will. How do I restore that personal relationship? By applying His revealed will, by starting off with repenting. I'm sorry for going against your will. It's like having a biological child. They will never not be your biological child. Biologically, you are mine. But I can be out of relationship with my biological child. Repentance is us re-establishing our personal relationship with God. Repentance is the key to removing the consequence that's between me and God. Repentance is the key towards the sin of not applying His revealed will in my life. Repentance is a lifestyle. It's not a one moment thing. It is a daily recognition of God. Oh, I did that again. I'm so sorry. I, I responded angry in a moment where I shouldn't have. Um, God, I'm walking and I, I took offense. I should not take offense. God, I'm not applying. I'm not generous. I am stingy. You're calling me to be a generous person. 
God, I'm not serving other people. I'm not loving other people. And, and it's a, that repentance thing is a daily activity that you are doing. Why are you doing it? Because I constantly want to remove the consequence of what's standing between me and God so that there is no gap for the enemy to have a hold on me. Repentance is something that every single one of us need. doesn't matter how old or how young you are. Um, Montana, if, if you can come up, please. I'm sorry I went long. But I feel this is like for us as a church to move forward. For the church to move forward. We can no longer deny the fact. We can no longer play that we are perfect. We serve a perfect Savior, yes. But we have to recognize ourselves. If I want to get rid of this consequences between me and God. If I want to move from the darkness into the place where I know his, his secret will, not just His revealed will, I have to start applying His revealed will. Are you applying His revealed will? And you're the only one that can answer that. So we're going to sing, they're going to sing one song. And in that song, all I want you to do, this is you and God. No other person, you and God. I want you to close your eyes. Fold your hands like we would do when we were younger. There's nothing wrong with holding our hands for prayer. And it's coming to that place of humility and saying, God, I am so sorry for being so arrogant to think that my ways are better than yours. I don't want to live there. And I want you to know this is how God's going to change your year. This is how He's going to change your life. It can change from this day forward. But it's something that you have to decide. You are accountable. I am accountable. I'm accountable for my life. I'm, you're accountable. So we are, just close your eyes. Allow them to minister to us. And then we'll close the service. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church Audio Podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.